0: Rank Tracking has been the default benchmark since SEO exists. In today's episode, we're going to ask, is it still relevant or should you focus on other metrics?
1: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms.
0: Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hi everyone. Today we are going to talk about whether you should spend your time and money to try and track the keywords you're trying to rank for in Google. And today I'm with Mark to talk about this. Hey guys, how's it going? Well, that's not a better intro, Mark. <laughs> that's okay. We're just we're just gonna keep going with this. We're really struggling with podcast intro, guys. But before we actually get started on the topic, because let's just transition as fast as possible from this. I want to talk about keywords versus landing pages because I am of the school of thoughts that I much prefer tracking my organic results in terms of SEO on the landing page level versus the um, keyword level. So I know, but I know a lot of SEOs really are attached to keyword ranking, but I like to look at the overall organic traffic a page gets and then measure the SEO result in terms of traffic per page and uh, from organic, obviously, and conversion per pages. And then once I want to zoom into a page, which I don't want to zoom into many pages. Like Many pages don't do super well or they just don't contribute that much to conversions or whatever. And if they don't, then I don't even care about what keywords they're ranking for. But when they end up producing a lot in terms of of conversions, then I regress back to putting it into a rank tracker and checking what they rank for. I don't know what you think about that, Mark.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a sort of greater, like if you zoom out, like what are you essentially trying to do here? You're trying to make money. So the best judge of, of whether you're accomplishing that or not is your sales or affiliate receipts or your bank account. Even that's what everything else is. The goal is to make money. I recommended this book three years ago on a podcast called the goal and it is, that's the whole book about it the goal is to make money they teach you <laughs> in many 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 business schools these days but yeah that's everything else including rankings and including traffic most likely will correlate and most likely will be indicative of whether or not you're accomplishing that but it's like as Tony Robbins would say, the map is not the territory. If you're ranking number one, it doesn't mean you have a profitable business. If you're ranking number one, and you're getting 10 million visitors a day doesn't mean you have a profitable business. Most likely you do because these things correlate very strongly with each other. But you can't tell without looking at how much money is coming in. But what you can do from each of those things, from rankings and from traffic, is make decisions and learn about what else is going on and how performance of your your site, your SEO is doing in other areas. And it can help you to understand changes, algorithm changes, even like seasonal trends. We just had Black Friday. There seemed to be some kind of like algorithm change during Black Friday. And it was, it's like sort of doubly confusing because Thanksgiving and Black Friday, Cyber Monday, huge, huge days for uh, online traffic. And I was fully expecting lots of variations just because more people were at home buying stuff. And so the the truth is, if you just look at traffic, maybe there's a combination of, of both, but then you can then look back to rankings and that kind of anchors what's going on to a certain extent. So, yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at the whole picture, not just rankings. Obviously, I I remember back in the day when we first got started, rankings were everything like doing uh, client reports for clients, we would basically talk about rankings, because that's kind of what we thought our job was. And we didn't really have visibility over the other stuff. Now that we own the whole process, the whole funnel, we can see rankings, traffic and now revenue very, very clearly. And then It just gives us much more insight as to to what's going on.
0: Yeah, but they don't always correlate, right? We had times when on-site traffic would grow, but revenue would not grow, and times when traffic would not grow, but revenue would grow.
1: Yeah, and that's that's exactly why you need to measure all three. So uh, that's a really good example. It happened a lot for us on Health Ambition when a lot of our info content, which wasn't very well monetized or even wasn't monetized at all, in the early days at least would go up but obviously we weren't making any more money but if you have a hundred thousand more visits a month it kind of feels good and it feels like you're doing something right but knowing that you're not making more money that's like a signal hey i need to go and monetize this page so you can then take action based on that because you have all that information
0: yeah, so I, I definitely think we need to make a, a podcast where we don't say back in the day one day, by the way. I think uh, I think a lot of people are, are getting tired of our old stories. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree with that. So overall, rankings are not equal to money, etc. But I think we should talk about the uses of, of rank tracking. So uh, as you said, clients is one. Then I think another thing is... Yeah, to understand the traffic, the seasonality, understand the SERP layout changes as well. So one thing that's happening a lot in SEO these days is Google is changing search results a lot. They're using these featured snippets for all types of queries now, even best bestx for y etc. And it's very, very, very frequent that sites lose traffic without losing rankings these days because Google is putting more featured snippets, especially on mobile. Now that sometimes there's double, triple featured snippets and like the organic results are pushed really, really uh, like below the fold and they don't get many clicks despite still being number one for a keyword or whatever. So it's gotten really ridiculous these days, actually.
1: I forget who it was. Someone posted it in the H pro group. There was like a vacuum cleaner SERP, I think it was, and Google had basically scraped someone's site who had made five recommendations for like the best vacuum cleaners or something. And it was displaying those five as text within a featured snippet. But around that featured snippet, it was putting Google shopping links to those five products, which the other person had recommended. So they're basically scraping your content in a way and displaying their there are links, affiliate links, whatever you call it, the Google shopping links around it as a way to get visitors to just go buy it through their platform. And you're, of course, not going to make any money out of that. But I think just the fact that that even though that is the case, if everyone who was competing for that keyword had the choice, do you want to be featured snippet or not? Everyone would still say yes. And that's kind of like a indicative of how prisoner how much prisoner we are to, to google in some regards but i i've seen a lot of people really kind of saying oh it's the end of the world when things like this happen well specifically when this happens but i just think it's like a changing landscape and it'll settle down you'll get everyone will get used to it again and we'll we'll figure out new ways to to work around it and new things to do and new approaches and it's not the end of the world basically
0: it's still funny how Google's rule doesn't don't apply to Google, you know? Like if you scrape another site you get penalized, but if they scrape your site they just get the traffic.
1: Yeah, so I I actually I saw on Reddit today actually there was a when went onto the site for the first time in the morning there was like a modal window encouraging you to go to some page where they were talking about this new EU European Union regulation. I think that's what that's been going around in the newspapers is like the quote-unquote link tax. I, I don't actually think it's a link on tax taxes. I think uh, a tax on links, I think it's a tax on or some kind of like mechanism for paying people based on scraped and snippeted content, like in Google News, for example. Again, I need to research this more, but I think that's the target of it. And I'm just curious if there might be any implications for... You know position zero feature snippets in the search for things like that especially in the case where uh, it's a vacuum cleaner example i just said uh, google's kind of monetizing your content in in a different way
0: yeah that'd be interesting to see but it's true that it's like you know like as much as i i still believe in google etc what they're doing now is definitely what they would punish you for doing if you did on your own website and it's a little bit annoying to see this kind of attitude from google to be honest it's making it more difficult. Now, once again, it's their website, right? They do whatever, whatever they want.
1: Yeah, and I would say as well, it's always been difficult and it will always continue to get more and more difficult. Back in the day when we first started, sorry, <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying it. Back in the day when we first started, uh, there were people saying that, oh, it's never going to be the same again. 2006 was the were the glory days and you just can't compete anymore and big brands are taking over. All, all these kind of negativity, and I foresee that will continue to to occur as more and more things change. But people are still making lots of money, so just learn to deal with it basically.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I think I have a question for you. like it's like we're talking about rank tracking, but I mean a page ranks for many keywords, right? It's like it doesn't just rank for one keyword. So how do you structure your rank tracking? Do you put just one keyword, one main keyword per page, or would you track like many keywords per page? or is the rank tracking just a benchmark? Oh, is that really you trying to understand the traffic you're getting?
1: There's a few like ways to think about this really. And I believe it comes down I mean, you do this way more than I do. So I should
0: really be asking you
1: this question, but
0: Yeah, but you were not asking, so I did it Sure.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> the limitations as I understand it come down to the rank tracking software or whatever you're using to do that itself. I believe I forget what it was we were using like back in the agency days. Back in the day. Yeah.
0: We used a few actually.
1: I think I've begun with a P or something. We used the Raven tools at some point. We it was used. before that. But they had like different plans for the amount of keywords you could track. And I don't know exactly how rank trackers work, but I believe their software will just go to a SERP every so often and probably use a bunch of IPs so they don't get banned and just see what's ranking there and then. So there's a limitation in terms of processing power to do that. It's unlikely that a piece of software, for example, would be doing that every second because the number, and as soon as you add thousands of keywords into that, the computational power and the number of IPs they probably need to buy is is crazy. So I believe there's some kind of restriction, at least most of them do. I know Ahrefs, yeah, I know Ahrefs has had some issues with that lately and that they're thinking, I think Tim said in the Ahrefs, insider group on Facebook that they're thinking of introducing a credit system whereby you can choose whether you want to have some keywords tracked every day or, you know, even more than once a day, very, very frequently, or you can choose to have them tracked less frequently, but have more keywords tracked. So it's kind of like based on the computational power rather than just number of keywords in that sense. And I think for us looking at our sites in most cases, We don't need, you know, every day. We don't really need certainly any more than that. How often do we track at the moment? I don't even know.
0: Is it like once a month or something? I mean, we have a lot of our core keywords. I usually track one keyword per page personally, and I just use it as a benchmark. So I don't actually care so much of the actual number I'm seeing. What I want to see is like, oh, where were we three months ago with this keyword? And where are we now? Typical, Atari hacker has a lot of articles that need an update right now. And you can see it by declining in ranking. You can see that people are competing much more for certain of these skills that used to be easy, but now are becoming more competitive because, well, I guess people put us in HRS, you know? And so the, the the rankings for me, it's like, it really, I just look at the evolution when I do an audit versus looking at it all the time. Because as I said, like most of the time, I'm just going to look at landing pages and traffic to landing page. I mean, you see when I do my audits, the first thing I do is I extract organic traffic per landing page from analytics, and I regress to keywords from there. And it also allows me to look at things like time on page, bounce rate, et cetera. And so not only do I get an idea of like what a page is ranking, but I also get an idea of how happy people are when they land on this page. You know, And that allows me to evaluate, is this page doing a good job or not? And if Google is slowly declining the rankings, it's telling me, and I see, for example, time on page used to be higher and now it's lower, things like this, uh, then it's telling me that this page needs work, basically. So uh, I personally use rank for a page for a core keyword. I like to have one main keyword per page as another benchmark like time on page, like bounce rate, etc. And the evolution is almost more important than the keyword, because really a page is going to rank for hundreds, thousands of keywords. And very often we have pages that never end up ranking for the core keyword we're targeting with it. But because of the long tail, still get thousands of visits per month, you know.
1: Do you have any idea here at the end of 2018, on average, I know this is very difficult to say, but what percentage of traffic comes from like core targeted keywords versus long tail that's
0: untracked? It's almost impossible. And also it's very variable, right? If you had to put a number on it, though. I mean, let me explain the subtleties of it, and I'll I'll give you a number. But first of all, there's different spectrums of keywords. So there are keywords that are very core keyword centric. So there's going to be a lot of volume on the core keyword, and there's not going to be a lot of long tail around it. In this case, ranking for the main keyword is what brings you most of the traffic. And some others, like questions, etc., you know, will have a lot of variations, like... How to clear black spots from your skin? To care, take an example of how to, there's a million ways of saying that. Like uh, how to remove blackheads, for example, is an alternative to this. Or there's like the medical name as well. I can't remember. I did. I did it for the keyword research, but like, and it's like how to remove, how to clear, how to, so you you can add up like hundreds of keywords. And so as a result, like there's a really, really large spectrum for the same topic. And so for these, the, these numbers will vary greatly. So for example, if the core keyword has a thousand searches per month, but then there's only 10 keywords around it, then the percentage of traffic that will come from the core keyword is going to be 80%. If the core keyword is like, how to remove blackheads, but then you have how to remove black spots remove black spots, remove blackheads da 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 all this around then you know the the traffic coming from the core key was going to be like five to ten percent you know so putting a number on it is almost impossible but I would say it's probably going to be like 20 percent ish if I had to put a number I would say around that
1: So 20 percent of the traffic is the core keyword. I'm just guessing 20% like, is long time. people
0: should not take it too seriously but like I would say I would say around that you know uh-huh okay, that's interesting. Um that's why for me the core keyword is more of a benchmark of like how the page is doing, you know, because especially usually the way we do it, we target we target some pre-combated keywords as the core thing because I started talking about it, I started talking about topics, you know. So when we talk about how to remove blackheads, you know, we're not gonna make a page on like how to remove black spots, how to remove black blah, blah blah, et cetera. There was a time at which we did that. We don't really do this anymore. We kind of like put the whole topic under one page and try to make a good page and try to rank for all these keywords in one page. And so Usually the keyword that is going to be in the URL, the title tag, et cetera, is going to be the most like high traffic slash competitive keyword for this. So it's going to be a, not only it would be amazing to rank for it, but it's also going to be a great benchmark of like how competitive you are, because if you're targeting like long tail keywords, then sometimes you don't need to be that great to, to rank for them. But you will probably just snag them as you go for that main keyword, you know? it also gives you an idea of like how many links you need to build etc etc so overall um yeah it's like i would say one keyword per page is great it does seem like the recent algorithm updates kind of like narrow this down a bit so it feels like before these medic updates there was you know a page could rank for a very 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 broad spectrum of keywords and it feels that and that's not based on my research, based on articles from, like I think, blind5yearsold.com, if you go check that, that website has released a really, really cool article on the latest update that kind of kills the EAT stuff and basically says that it looks like a page now is more put in its own lane and can only rank for things that are closely related to its topic. So maybe the topic selection is going to be a bit narrower now, but... Before these updates, you could really rank for like really really large spectrums of keywords. So it feels like it, it's tightening a bit, but it's still, you, still long tail is going to be mattering a lot, especially with things like rank brain that essentially try to associate topics together. So yeah, that's basically my answer. All right. Another thing that uh, we don't really do, but that people use a lot is uh, they use rank tracking for client reporting, right? Um, yeah, we used to do this a lot back in the day. <laughs> So tell us about it. How did that go back when life was in white, black and white? You know?
1: We ran an uh, online marketing agency for, I think it was about four, four and a bit years, from 2010, I think it was, 2010, 2011 onwards. And basically, we got a lot of clients. And initially with SEO, as everyone who's listening to this probably knows, it takes a bit of time for the work you do to kind of stick and to, sh- to be able to show tangible results. If you're working on your own authority site as I'm sure a lot of people listening are, then it doesn't really matter because you know this already. You don't have to convince yourself or educate yourself about this. When you're working with a client who's in a you know, in many industries, they're not going to be as familiar. Many of them won't even have heard of SEO until you got on their radar. Even the ones that have, they have no real experience or way to monitor performance of what you're doing so and the issue is that the the revenue and the traffic often take a bit of time to to kind of get going now there are obviously then some things you can do for quick wins for established sites and and whatnot and a lot of seo agencies try and do that however one way which you can show to a new client who has a a site that hasn't been optimized before hasn't had doesn't have much authority say is you can actually show ranking reports because although they're not getting any traffic, they may have moved from position 100 to position 50 or something. And that's in month one, that's something to to show. So I think that's why ranking reports are really, really useful in that stage because you can kind of keep your clients invested or like uh, kind of bought into the process you're working on that, hey, we're doing this. It's having some results. Here are those results. Here's a report showing those results, and you you also obviously need to caveat that and explain that. By the way, until it gets to number ten or nine, whatever, then it's you, you're not really going to have much much in the way of traffic. But what we're doing does appear to be working. Therefore, you should keep working with us for next month or however. For us, this was a particular problem because we ne- we didn't often do like fixed contracts. We would just do ongoing monthly yeah month to month cancel any time type thing and maybe that was our maybe that was one of the problems on our end of of structuring that way i i, I don't know but that certainly certainly until the, we got results there was pressure to to show progress and this kind of solved it in a way although there were a few issues back in the day when the when this would this would almost backfire and it was often down to things such as it was often down to inaccuracies in the ranking reports and that's not necessarily because the tool we were using at the time was inaccurate it's just because by the time we'd actually sent it to them and they've read it something had changed it's very common to bounce you know 50 pages or sorry 50 results up and down in a short space of time when you start working on on a site from day to day hour to hour even This was at times a point of contention um, when there was an incongruence between what we were saying to them and what they were looking at on their on their computer to say, oh, I don't see myself on page five. Are you guys making this up or something? And that's not to say anything about location based changes. If there are local business personalized SERPs, when you're logged in, logged out, even like the difference between mobile and desktop and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, they're definitely a useful tool, I'd say, for client reporting, but you have to be quite careful in explaining how a client should interpret it and sort of
0: caveating any potential issues that there, there may be with it. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a trouble. And also, clients would get too attached to rankings, so they're a great early thing to show to people. But once you're getting traffic and you're focusing on conversions, etc., then rankings, as I said, From my point of view are less important provided you can just make money basically but clients would often get stuck on this as well so that was a bit of an issue
1: yeah also when you get start getting into the top 10 it becomes a lot more competitive right and you may never get to position one but if for the past three months they've seen you know you jumping up 30 places a month and then you get to position nine and then you get to position five and then you go down to position six Uh, the the following month it's like it's a nightmare you know they attach a lot of value to to this report and they basically think you've stopped working or or, you know what you're doing is not working and
0: it causes all sorts of issues yep pretty much uh another thing that rain tracking is useful for and and this this i definitely use rain tracking for that is to test new tactics to test things like uh, so we're doing a lot of like on-page tests right now we've been testing a lot of like um you know, page optimization tools like Page Optimizer Pro, like Quora. We've used ClearScope.io as well. And I've used Classic TFIDF from our Website Auditor as well. And these things, you know, sometimes you pick a page that's like ranking number 30 or 35 or 40, something that's like pretty low, so that you know that even a tiny change could make a difference. Um, because if you're already like number five, then maybe the number four is like way stronger than you, right? And it's like, even if these changes are positive changes, you will never know if it's really having an effect because, because you need to move the needle way more to actually see a result in terms of ranking. So I like to pick pages that are actually not ranking super well and test these tools, like are we optim- optimizing the text, et cetera, on that so that I can get an idea whether of, of how good, they, they are, you know, it's like they might not be taking me all by themselves from position five to position four for a competitive keyword. But if I know they're positive overall in on pages I've tested that rank, you know, number 50, etc. then I know that they're moving the needle a little bit and it's just I'm like getting a little bit closer to taking over to that position four. So that's quite useful to use rank tracking for this. Another thing that I've been playing a lot with, especially since there is the elemental Team Builder is page layouts. So, I think I've mentioned it in another podcast already. But when we released the new version of, of Adore Hiker, one thing that was very surprising to me is all the single reviews jumped up, and nothing was rewritten on these reviews. It's all page layout and content layout, and what we was expecting to see as a page, etc. So, same thing. Like um, I'm actually testing a new layer, as we're speaking. I, I, you, you're not aware of this, Mark, but I have killed featured images on Notary Hacker on the posts, actually, today. So that's another thing that...
1: Oh, that's know, interesting. Why? Why? To push the content higher on the page. Okay. Kill, kill it? Because you said something, you're going like, to maybe move it to the side
0: and have like, a cut, some column approach. I tried, but it looked terrible. Okay. Um, so, uh, and, and what I've done, honestly, is I've looked at like, uh, competitors, and I've looked at what they do. So, for example, I've put Brian Dean, I've put Backlinko on the uh, Ahrefs. And I looked at like what the he top pages that rank looked like, and they actually have no featured image, or they have you know the tiny one on the corner, you know. So, like, let's see what happens. But yeah, page layouts. The, the, once again, probably not what's going to take you from number two to number one for a competitive keyword. But these things do matter. I mean, Google has multiple updates about page layouts, about having content above the fold, et cetera. Like it, it is documented and it is a thing. And so now that we have tools that allow us to change site layouts easily, then there's no reason not to try these things and uh, try to, and, and using rank tracking to evaluate the results of this. And I, I'm actually a big believer in page layout in terms of like a, a ranking factor. So let's, let's see how that turns out for Atari Hacker this test. But if that's the case, I might kill like featured images on all our sites, actually. But let's see how it works. Another thing that is quite interesting that I think you had written is keeping tab on competitors. Do you want to talk about this?
1: Yeah, so this is just really like, um, so you talked earlier about us targeting more and more competitive keywords these days. And what happens when you target a competitive keyword is, Lo and behold! Surprise, surprise! You have lots of competition, and the more competitive the keyword, the more people are really like trying hard to to rank for this keyword, and the more people who know what they're doing are also competing over it. So I just think keeping track of not just where you're ranking, but where you're like who's ranking where in the SERP is a really good kind of way for for you to kind of learn what the competitive landscape's doing and what the competitive landscape looks like rather and what your competitors are maybe doing. So for example, if someone changes their layout and removes their featured image as we're about to do and then all the rankings start jumping up, then some of our competitors might be like, oh, we should, you know, I saw they did this and then now they're ranking number one and we're down to number three. We should maybe think about doing that as well. It's just like another way to like keep a pulse on what's going on for your most competitive keywords i've seen a lot of people who have sites where they have one page which is responsible for over half of their income because they're ranking for just a super competitive keyword heavily heavily monetized and they really make a lot from it so it makes sense if you're in that situation to really sort of keep track of the rankings of the top 10 not just look at your traffic and say oh actually it's gone down i wonder why this can help you kind of to understand why it also ties in a way to uh, like understanding kind of algorithm changes, which we talked about a little bit before and and like SERP feature changes and, and things too, because that can, can also impact it. But
0: Okay. Yeah. Another thing that it can help with rank tracking is understanding algo changes. It's like they do happen as we know, especially lately. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's like you need to understand if sometimes you have an update in your hands, or if you have things like seasonality or holiday, et cetera, like I guarantee every Thanksgiving, we get a message on the H pro group that says, oh, did everyone's traffic, is is everyone's traffic down? Because mine is dropping and I feel like there's a Google update. And uh, if you actually check your rankings in that case, you realize that people are just driving to their family's place and they're not spending their employees' money browsing the internet. And so that's the reason why people do that. There's also more traffic in the colder months than there is in the, in the warmer months, etc. So it's kind of interesting to look at rankings to understand seasonality.
1: It really solves the problem if there's two things happening at once. So if there's an update and a holiday or there, you're going through a bit of a seasonal change and there's a Google update then looking at traffic isn't going to tell you what's happening. Looking at traffic and rankings will.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about, I want to jump on something else that we actually mentioned earlier as well, is the situation with actually tools and how they're tracking rankings. Because it's something that you haven't, I'm I'm not sure if you know, but basically, you know, at some point you you were explaining like, oh, tools, they have to get these scrapers and these IPs, et cetera. But actually Google has made this, quite complicated for companies to do that to the point where actually most companies that you're using they're not doing the rain tracking themselves they're just outsourcing or like rather just paying other companies to do it and there's only like three there were three suppliers uh, according to team this year but actually Google made it so difficult this year to do it properly that one of these suppliers actually went out of business. So now there's only two suppliers left. And as a result, all the tools you're using, like SEMrush, uh, Ahrefs, I know a lot of people use Subfox as well. If you want a dedicated rank tracking tool, that's a pretty good one. All these guys essentially use the same vendors to get your rankings. The problem is because there were three and now there's only two, and it is more difficult, there's a lot of pressure on these vendors. And (laughs) I've heard stories from people I know that these vendors sometimes try to sneak in the wrong rankings just because they don't have the capacity to supply the data, but they still want to charge their customers. And so as a result, that makes a lot of these tools inaccurate. And that's why, for example, I believe HRS has not been the best rank tracker lately. They had a lot of issues, etc. And I've seen the same issues with uh, SEMrush and so on. So because they all buy the data from the same places anyway. So it actually is a little complicated to rely on these rankings these days, especially it seems like Google is making it harder. I'm not in this business, it's just from the people I'm talking to. Google is making it harder for this to actually be counted. So it's, it's quite complicated, basically.
1: Do you think we'll get to a point then where we can't track rankings in any kind of, sort of structured, automated way?
0: I mean, it's interesting. So, you know, it was probably like four or five years ago. Google essentially started removing accreditations to AdWords and things like this to companies that were scraping them for rankings. Yeah, I remember that happened to Raven Tools at one point. At exactly. Time. To a lot of people, to Moz, etc. That's why the market shifted towards a few vendors, essentially, dedicating to their time scraping and then other companies just buying data from them and saying, hey, we're not scraping, don't remove our license, you know? We're just paying someone to do it. Very weird, but that's essentially what structured the, the company. But yeah, I mean... Uh, what Google wants to do is they want to, you to say, hey, we actually provide you rankings in Webmasters Console. Why don't you use this? You know, And rankings in Webmasters Console are like a whole topic on their own because rankings in Webmasters Console, they're not what you see when you type on Google because they're average rankings. And average rankings means across every country, across personalized search and non-personalized search, and I think they it no, for devices. So you have the mobile one and you have the desktop one. But anyway, the, the ranking you see, like the average ranking is often much lower because, for example, in Pakistan, you're not ranking, you know? And as a result, like that lowers your average. Do they ranking. weight
1: each country individually? So like if you're number one in the US and number 100 in Pakistan, would you be number 50 on that? Or do they not, not say that?
0: I don't really know, to be honest. So this one, I can't actually answer. What I know is it's... it's this is the reason why people are not using Webmasters Console because essentially the number you're getting there is not that relevant because it's just mash, a mashup of a bunch of numbers averaged and then you get that number. It's like, go figure it out. So it,
1: it, it seems like Google's deployed a lot of resources in making it difficult to do rank tracking, but not very many resources in providing you with useful data that you can use within their own sort of platform. What could be the reason for that?
0: I mean, they've deployed not provided in analytics, right? they a lot of resources to make sure you don't get the data.
1: Anyone who doesn't know, back in the day, back in the day, uh, <laughs> when you you would go into Google Analytics and drill down into keywords, you will get all of the keywords that people, are almost all the keywords that people were typing. Now I think you get like 2%. How what, what is yeah. how is that actually driven? Is it just like incognito people or something? Because I, I remember that there's a big thing when they introduced it, If you were logged into your Gmail account or to the Google account, then it wouldn't track it or something.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when when that feature was released, Google said it's going to affect only a single digit of searches. And that's MadCatz. MadCatz came on record and said, oh, that's going to be less than 10%. Don't worry about it. Today, it's 98%. So it's funny. But, I mean, overall, just I, Google just doesn't want you to know too much what's going on, you know? Like, they, they don't have any interest in that. And
1: So the, the agenda for that must be something as in to get you to buy AdWords. But I, I I can't really see how not knowing how I'm doing is going to encourage me to buy AdWords.
0: Yeah, if anything, if you're doing well, you would probably want to pay to get more traffic.
1: I, do, I wonder if there are reasons then maybe to prevent their competitors from kind of reverse engineering what they're
0: doing at a big scale. Actually, there was, um, so there was something that worked with a retargeting. Right, So the retargeting companies could get keyword data from Google passing it on. And as a result, there was a company called Chiquita that got really big for retargeting. And they were able to sell you basically retargeting audiences. And so they were building an ad network of keyword data because they were able to essentially say, hey, you want an audience that cares about flowers? I have this huge audience because they were just putting, like they were getting their code through, you know, WordPress plugins and things like this on people's websites. Then they were capturing the keyword data and building an audience. Like, let's say people Google like uh, best flowers for Mother's Day, you know? Then they would put these people into a, a retargeting audience and sell that as advertising. And that worked really well to the point that that was a threat to AdWords, you know? And so, and so, I think that was one of the motivations why Google did that. I
1: guess that could also be a privacy thing as well. I think that's what they originally claimed claimed it was. Anyway, though, I'm, I have my doubts.
0: I, I this one is a bit bullshit, but I, I believe that the one that the, the someone could have created an ad network that would have been almost as good as AdWords using Google's own data, and I feel like that is a good enough reason probably to do not provide it. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: That would also explain why they use average or why they display average rankings cuz it's kind of inaccurate.
0: Yeah, but I did, well, what I was going to say is the average ranking thing it can still to an extent do that benchmark thing, right? It can still tell you whether you're going up or down. Like if that number is going up or down, you get a bit of an idea. It's still it's not nearly as good as a real rank tracker, but if you just want to do it on cheap or you just want to do it in the context of an audit to be like, "Oh, this is going up or going down." Probably this number is good enough mm-hmm. actually. So really, the question is, um, how do you benchmark your performance in search? And what's the role of rank tracking into that? I've said it at the beginning. Personally, I'm much more of a landing page guy than a single keyword guy. Single keyword tracking really is for like the, the super high comp keyword, that, the dream keyword for a page, let's just say. For me, it's like, I'd be like, you know, if I rank for that keyword on this page, I'd be super happy it did its job. And it's just like another metric, like bounce rate, like time on page, et cetera. That that is something I look at just to tell how well this page is doing. And also to test things like page layout, et cetera, and to see how pages react. So like I'm looking at that keyword and I'm like, okay, this page is going up for this big keyword. So it's probably, we've done something good. What was the last change? Let's do more of it. But I personally don't have my eyes on rankings all the time i don't think it's something that matters i like to look at things for example like the number of keywords a page shows up for so i just do it in hrefs if you go in hrefs you put your page and then you go in uh, organic keywords then it will tell you like oh this page ranks for like 500 keywords and so on and that's quite useful I also like to look at the estimated traffic for the landing page in Ahrefs. Even though I have analytics, I like to look at this number. They just give you a number that's like from zero to a couple thousand. Maybe like you can go up to 10,000 or something like this. So you get an idea because Ahrefs essentially is putting that number together with your average ranking. But they also have clickstream data for CTR for different searches. And depending on feature snippets, et cetera, they calculate it differently. So the, the traffic number is actually quite accurate in Ahrefs in the sense that it gives you a good benchmark of whether you're doing well or not. And then organic traffic in Google Analytics. And then once I see your page go up, I just drill down to the keyword. I look at what keywords it ranks for, and then I try to re-optimize for the biggest keywords it ranks for, try to catch the rankings that, you know, maybe I can go from five to two or something like this and, and kind of reverse engineering my own keywords. Basically. I have a question for you. What
1: is your checking schedule for this kind of stuff? And what do you check? Do you like every, when you wake up in the morning, do you check a certain list of things every day or every
0: week or how does it work? Okay, there's one thing I like to check maybe like twice a week kind of like uh, it's the movements report in Ahrefs because this is literally an uh, infomercial for Ahrefs, this podcast, but uh, I, I go in organic keyword and movements and what you do is like you essentially get um, get it broken down by date and you see the movements for keywords and and the effect on traffic. So it all it, it by the biggest important on your traffic. So like I'm pulling it right now and I'm seeing that now we went down for the keyword Thrive Content Builder by one pay, by one position, for example. And that has an effect on the traffic number which estimates by 82.5, you know? And so I'm able to essentially see these rankings and, uh, and get a good idea of where we're at. Just saw it actually. I re the page for like affiliate programs and went from number 12 to number eight for this, and the estimated gain traffic is 80-something as well. So it, it just gives you an idea. It's almost like you don't have to build your own tracking. It's just Ahrefs tracks all the big keywords you rank for anyway mm-hmm. and checks that. So I like to look at this report mostly.
1: And do you look at analytics like in with any regularity?
0: Analytics, are just I uh, if I want to zoom into a page, right? Mm-hmm.
1: What I do is I actually have a folder in my Chrome taskbar called GA, And I have the saved URLs for like all of our sites, organic traffic for the last 30 days, some of them for the last seven. And then I go through, that when I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I go through almost every day and just get a feel for like how our traffic is doing. And it's a really good way to find, like identify, keep a pulse on things and identify problems or if something's going well quite quickly. So that's one set of data I look at. And the other set is financial. So I, I look at our top affiliate programs, which you know we have hundreds of them. So there's no way I'm looking at them all, but like their top five affiliate programs or something. And I have them in a folder, which I, I, I look through. And then once a week, I look at our accounting data because we it's fairly automated now. We use a, a tool called Zero and a company called Bean Ninjas, who every week will update that. So, like, what we've earned in the last in the last week, and so we have a almost live profit and loss account in there. So, I'm getting sort of traffic and income from the most important sources, and I that's for me has been the best thing to get a pulse. And I have
0: not looked at a ranking report in a long, long time, years. Okay, yeah, I do that for you. Anyway, I think that's all we had to say for our Shoot Track rankings. So, Shoot Track rankings. Kind of. That's, that's feels like that's the answer to every debate. Yeah, no,
1: I, I, think, I think you absolutely should track rankings. I think it's crucial to understand that. Where, if, assuming you're, if you're not tracking anything, first get a hold on your money, then get a hold on your traffic, which everyone should do if you don't have any, some kind of analytics installed. And then make sure you're doing your, your rankings. Preferably do, do all three, because as we've said, you need all three in order to make informed decisions and figure out what's really going on
0: yeah I mean you're doing this kind of regression analysis and then uh and then eventually rankings come into place and you wanna see what where you 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 can easily gain ground and that's when rankings are quite useful.
1: It's interesting as well that I look at traffic and money and you look at rankings so like together when our forces are combined, we you know understand the whole picture but kind of somewhat in isolation at the moment so I think if someone's doing this individually, they should probably make a point of looking at all three
0: yeah pretty much. All right, guys, that's it for this podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, If you liked it, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That always helps us get a little bit more rich with this podcast. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Have a good week. Bye. Bye